Hey, yo, welcome back, fellas, to the pod. I know it's been a while. It's Cole. Join with me are Joey and Aaron. How you fellas doing? I'm doing well. We were waiting to see who wanted to go first, but uh, but yeah, glad to be here. It's been uh, quite a long time. I think maybe the last pod we did was January, off the top of my head. Might even been longer. Glad to be back. Been a long off season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, been a long time. Been a lot of moves throughout the league. I'm excited to uh, get into some of this analysis and breakdown. Um, should be a very exciting year coming up. Yeah, man, we're getting there. We'll see if it's time for Devin to run it back here with the repeat. Dude, we won't talk about that championship game for too long because it hurts my soul. So let's get started with the power rankings. I know you guys are ready for this one. This is always a fun pod. So we're going to go 12 to 1. Worst is uh, first in this technically. So Jason, the Spiders are number 12. So let's get into that a little bit. He's made some massive trades this offseason. He's totally unloading his roster, and he's going to go for a straight rebuild here. Got some decent wide receiver talent there, a few young guys that are worth the look. But what do we think about the uh, Spiders? I'll start with you first, Aaron. I mean, I don't think there's a, a whole lot to say about the Spiders. I mean, they scored absolutely terribly in my scoring format. Just for, for context, I think before this year, the lowest score I'd ever given was a 57. And Jason got a 44. And it's intentional by him. You know, he's got four first rounders, five second rounders for next year. So he has a plan, but these rankings are for this year. And when you look at the roster for this year, there's not one single running back he can depend on starting. There's not one receiver that I'd feel great about starting. He does have Chenault and Samuel who could take a step forward this year, but nobody in that number one category. And then just the rest of the roster is questionable, especially with Sean Watson out for who knows how long. Yeah, I think Aaron really hit the nail on the head. Again, with the rankings, looking for the outlook for this season. Again, it was intentional. I will give credit. I think since the league has started, and I feel like I've harped on it a lot on podcasts with teams um, hindering in the middle of the standings, not sure whether they want to compete or rebuild. So I do want to give credit where credit's due from my perspective. Jason's definitely understanding what he wants to do and he's fully committing to this rebuild. He acknowledges it's going to take several seasons, but he's definitely acquired some pieces that do have some, are going to see some increase in value. Uh, we've mentioned Deshaun Watson. Aaron mentioned the receivers and Curtis Samuel, LaVisca Chenault. Quez Watkins is another interesting one if he does get that starting slot gig in Philly, especially I know there have been rumors between the Eagles and the Dolphins being the front runners if the Texans ever do uh, acquiesce and move Watson. So that would be really nice to see for Quez. But overall, I think there are still a lot of missing pieces that those draft picks will be able to fill in the future. But for now, again, intentional or not, definitely deserving of this uh, bottom spot. Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, at least he's got a, a few pieces on the board here. Some uh, some good receivers going forward with Chenault, Samuel, and uh, Marquise Brown, who I think is underrated. But uh, running back's definitely something that needs to be resolved and fixed here in the next few years. But Jason's doing it right, man. He started off with the chip in year one, and now he's going for the rebuild in year three. So he's living the uh, really exuberant life, going all the way around, doing all different parts of the spectrum there. So let's move on to the second team, and we're going number 11. We got the Winnipeg Wendigos. Nick is also committing to a full rebuild as well. He's got a few spots he has to fill, to say uh, the least, here on defense, but he's got some receiving talent as well. That's the uh, theme here amongst some of these bottom teams. So, Joey, we'll start off uh, with you for the Wendigos. What do you think? I mean, I think overall the Wendigos have definitely positioned themselves better in comparison to the Spiders. Um, again, for our rankings being this year, for me, they were uh, not far above just in terms of this season outlook. By far and away, has a lot higher of a ceiling. You can look right away at the quarterback position between uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and not even to over overshadow Garoppolo. I still think he has enough talent uh, post this season to have a starting gig elsewhere. And then at the running back position is definitely where I see the most work needed. He does have the high outlook in Trey Sermon, who I'm still upset. I was targeting him in the early second round. And Nick snatched him away from me. But it is what it is. And I think 
Aaron's mentioned it several times about his own and Nick's obsession with uh, trading for wide receivers or drafting wide receivers. But Nick's done a great job of stockpiling uh, young talent in this position. Again, a lot of them are more uh, of a feast or famine type nature. But I think regardless, a lot of them are going to see their value increasing moving in the future. So I do think he's in a good spot. And then at the tight end position, he's solid as well between Cole Komet, uh, Kyle Pitts, and Jonu Smith. I think just overall, a uh, very high look uh, roster moving forward, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, this team, the, these two are far and away the worst teams in the league, in my opinion. I think I've just come to realize that me and Nick like completely different players as most of the the players that Nick's brought in over the past two years, I'm not a fan of. The two QBs, Trey Sermon, Debo Samuel, Jalen Rager. I just do not like the same players that he does, which may be factored into my rankings. But really, I think the main issue that I see on this team is just where they're at on the defensive side of the ball. And I know that our league doesn't score as much on defense as we do offense. But I think you're... Over the past two years, I've come to realize how you can't just ignore the defense. And Nick is kind of doing that. He's only got three defensive backs and four defensive ends. A lot of his guys are getting up there in age, looking at McKinney and Cameron Hayward. I like Jason's team more long-term just because he has the flexibility of those draft picks. But but Nick has more uh, current assets at the receiver position that he could look to acquire some running backs or defensive players, whatever he chooses to do. But these are definitely two teams that should not see the playoffs this year. Yeah, Nick's at least got a few players that have a really good outlook going forward. Devonta Smith has looked good from what we've seen of him in uh, the practices in one of the preseason games. Got some pretty good separation against the Patriots out there. He looks pretty good. And then, of course, uh, Kyle Pitts, tight end one going forward for so many people. We'll see what happens with him. And then I'll give you guys a, a hot take before we move on to the next team. I'm going to predict that in the next three years, I think Justin Fields is going to win at least one MVP. I say at least. He'll win an MVP in the next three years. That's my take. So, Nick, congratulations. You got the MVP a few years from now. And we'll move on here to number 10 here. We have the Omaha Hawks. So the Hawks have uh, had another stroke of luck here. It seems like every year Ryan gets a, a beneficial running back injury. He's now got Gus Edwards RB1 in there for him to score some pretty good points to help that running back room out substantially with the J.K. Dobbins injury. And then he finally traded away George Kittle this offseason, much to my chagrin. It wasn't to me. Got D-Hop in there, and he's got some pretty good talent in the uh, the tight end room still, even with that. So what do you guys think about uh, the Hawks? We'll go Aaron first. This is the highest that I have had the Hawks ranked of the three power rankings we've done. And I really, I kind of like the direction that Ryan's gone. If we look at last year's running back core compared to this year, he still doesn't have that A-list player RB1. But really, five out of the six guys that he has in there can produce quality points every single week. And the one guy who can't, in my opinion, is James White. But McKissick's a PPR monster. Moster, I don't think he's going away right away at the start of the year. He still has Pat Mahomes. He still has TJ Hawkinson. He got DeAndre Hopkins. The rest of his receivers are pretty suspect, admittedly. But I do think that between Aguilar and Bourne, one of those two is going to do decently well in new england and maybe a change of scenery is what aj green needs to become relevant again uh, i do think that the defense looks a little bit worse than it has in the past i know that that's kind of been the hawks identity in this league over the course of its history but i just don't feel like it's as dominant at this point as maybe i thought last year i mean i can't recall off the top of my head what it looked like last year but when i was doing the rankings i just kind of thought Wow, I'm surprised that I have the Hawks rated here for linebacker. Like I thought I'd have them higher. But I still think this team can contend for the playoffs, especially in the Central, where I think everything is wide open. So I'm looking forward to seeing if this running back core you know, can get him into those playoffs. Yeah, again, I don't have much else additional contribute. Uh, looking at the Hawks, I as well have them the highest out of all three power rankings this year, which I found myself surprised in. But just looking back on some of the moves he's made, he's just taken the right steps in over order to kind of round out his roster. And again, I think it's still going to take a few years, probably two to three, to really get into contention. And again, it's going to come down to utilizing his draft capital correctly. 
But overall, I, I like the direction he's gone in. I think that his players have a lot higher of a ceiling than they did last year on the offensive side of the ball, which is definitely uh, helping. But I I look forward to seeing them t- uh, sneak away some wins as long as they're not against me this year. Yeah, it's looking like the uh, the only position he might really have some struggle with would be the wide receiver position outside of D-Hop. I mean, we can expect to get a few points here and there from potentially A.J. Green or Emmanuel Sanders, maybe Sammy Watkins while uh, Rashad Bateman's out in Baltimore. But uh, aside from needing wide receiver help and maybe a little bit in certain defensive positions, he should be able to be competitive again this year. He's always competitive, so we'll see if he can take a step forward. Moving on to our number nine team, we have the Atlantis Sharks. And Jabir's made some pretty high-profile trades this offseason, acquiring Calvin Ridley for me for that 101. He's got a really good wide receiver core, and then unfortunately the uh, the J.K. Dobbins injury kind of pushed his team down the rankings a little bit for me, and he might have to wait another year to really be in true contention, but at least he's improved enough to really kind of get near the playoffs. So what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Joey. Go ahead. I mentioned it earlier with the teams knowing what direction they want to go in whether that be going all in and rebuilding. And I think out of the league, this the Sharks just are an example of a team that I think kind of forced their hand a little early. They definitely committed to the rebuild. And I think they had themselves in a very nice situation between having Dobbins, uh, Brown, Claypool, even Lockett. I know he doesn't fit the rebuild mo- model, but I think he still has quite a few years of relevancy. And so I, I thought they put themselves in a very decent position moving forward. But like you said, some high-profile trades to kind of go all in. Not all in, but definitely trying to compete and get that playoff spot coming out of the Central. But I don't think it was time. And even with Dobbins in the starting lineup, I still think it would have been a little bit of a struggle for the Sharks to uh, make the playoffs, let alone contend in the playoffs. So for me, I would have liked to see them ride out that rebuild another year or two. I think they're doing a good job in that direction. But overall, I do think they have quite a few nice pieces, um, especially at the wide receiver position. It's, I think he has a lot of players that are going to be good for at least the next three seasons in terms of putting up top 24 points per game at their positions. So I think he's in a good spot. I would like to see him continue that rebuild. But for this year, uh, just from the running back position, especially after the Dobbins injury, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, uh, it's a shame that J.K. Dobbins did go down, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him. Personally, he was set to be RB1 on a run-heavy team. So unfortunately, that does really hurt Spears' chances this year, and he doesn't have his first next year either. But I absolutely love the receiving core, uh, led by Ridley and A.J. Brown. Uh, Claypool and Lockett kind of give him more of that extreme upside, although Tyler Lockett last year kind of was more so on the bust side of the boomer bust equation. He's got a lot of pieces, especially at tight end. He has three guys that I think people would be interested in trading for. Maybe that's something he could look to do as we get more and more into the year if he finds himself out of contention. Definitely has some good players on defense. Jeffrey Simmons, Chase Young, Shaq Thompson. He traded for Demario Davis. And then he has Antoine Winfield was very, very good last year. He has Kevin Biard. So it's still a pretty good team, I feel like. And this is a, a far cry from the uh, Season 1 Atlanta Sharks and mm-hmm. last year's 101. I think this team, again, can contend in that central division. It'll just come down to if guys like Zach Moss and Philip Lindsay can kind of fill that void that he lost with J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I could definitely see a playoff spot for the uh, Sharks as a possibility this year. He just needs to make sure, like you said, he can kind of fill in and pick the right running back each week. Naheem Hines might be able to put up some decent points here and there, so that's just going to be the X factor for him. Can he get enough points at the running back position? But I also uh, I like his quarterback situation a lot now. He's kind of turned it around from only having Joe Burrow last year to now he's got three startable guys. I don't know about Daniel Jones, but uh, Mac Jones, Jameis Winston, and Joe Burrow are all going to be pretty good fantasy assets, I would guess. And then... Like you mentioned, his tight end position is really good. Robert Tanyan is probably one of the best pickups we've had in this league so far, just uh, from a free agency standpoint. So I think he's doing a good job. We give you the thumbs up, Jabir. On to the number eight team, we are going to Chesapeake to check the retrievers here. And this team's also another one that's made a lot of moves this offseason. He just made a mega deal getting rid of uh, Christian McCaffrey the other day. Got a few younger assets on the team, and he's still got plenty of young guys in the receiving core that are 
decent plays, not necessarily super high end, but we could see some of them head that way with Ayuk and Jerry Judy and potentially even Michael Pittman or if Henry Ruggs can kind of show it. But uh, tight end still is the weak spot on this team. It's been that way since the uh, start of the league, honestly, this roster, except for Travis Kelsey walking in and out the door with a previous owner. Tight end has been a, a blight upon this roster. So we'll go ahead and uh, start with Aaron for this one. What do you think about the Retrievers? Team is not a team that I would expect to do very well this year. He just traded away CMC. He traded for Travis Etienne, who's going to be out the whole year. He got Juju since Schuster in that deal. But the real thing to look at is next year. And I know we're talking about the rankings for, for this year, but he has five firsts next year on top of his own second and three third round picks. Like this team acquired a ton of assets in this past draft. And next year could be an absolute juggernaut if he mm. is able to capitalize on what he has with those picks. But for this year, he's really going to need to see step ups from guys like Juju and Jerry Judy. DJ Chark needs to be more consistent. His tight end room's kind of abysmal. Hopefully, between Blake Jarwin and Anthony Ferkser, he can get someone of a relevant starter. His running back core is looking pretty solid at the moment. Maybe if he's not contending, he could look to move a guy like Daryl Henderson or James Robinson to a team who's looking to win it all this year. Maybe uh, I, th- I, th- I think the real issue with this team will also be the defense. Just not a lot of quality guys on that side of the football. And if I'm Hunter, I don't necessarily think I'd be using first round picks to fill out those roster spaces. So I don't know what he's going to do there. He got Micah Parsons this past year, uh, Javon Holland. He spent big on Jordan Fuller. So maybe those guys help build a solid core. But the defense needs a ton of work if he wants to contend in the future. I mean, as the one who traded for CMC, I th- I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. But I do think that making that move just really rounded out this roster well moving forward. It's hard to have a running back such as CMC, uh, Joe Mixon, James Robinson, Daryl Henderson, who realistically... Uh, CMC is going to hold his value, but the rest are going to be decreasing in value, at least in my perspective, going into next season. And so having them on a team with younger uh, wide receivers that aren't going to be as consistent with their point output just didn't make sense. And so getting some more receivers to stack on that, grabbing ETN, grabbing more picks, I think overall put this roster in a very good position moving forward. And there's... I. I see this team is going to be very important going towards the trade deadline. I don't think the roster themselves are going to be competing for a playoff spot, but I really think that a team that's on the verge of making the playoffs or a team that wants to go all in for a championship is going to have a lot of potential trades looking for this roster, especially grabbing one of those running backs I mentioned before. I do think he does have a few nice pieces on defense that he can look to build upon moving forward. Like you said, Jordan Fuller, he has Josh Sweat, who I see taking a step up. But overall, again, he's in the right direction uh, based on where he came into uh, to enter the league. I think he's done a good job at drafting players at his positions uh, where he's been in the drafts. So I I think he's done a good job. Yeah, Hunter's got a lot of of room to improve here. I really like that running back room and then all the picks he's got next year. It's gonna just it's gonna be looking up green arrows, man. If you're trying to change James Robinson, Hunter, hit me up. I'm interested. Always plug in the trades, Joey, as you know. I respect that. All right, moving on to number seven, we have the Honolulu High Tide, Joey's Nemesis Trent. So this team still probably has one of the top uh, two, if not top three, best uh, receiving rooms based off just starters in the league. He's got a juggernaut tight end as well with Travis Kelsey. Got good pieces all over the board. He's got uh, the number one linebacker, in my opinion, and Devin White. So he's got pieces uh, just kind of scattered in certain spots. Running back is a little iffy, but he's got some guys here. He might be able to compete. I think he's probably a playoff contender once again this year. So for the high tide, Joey, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think your description of the roster being a playoff contender is pretty right on the nose. I think he just has such high high quality talent spread throughout his roster that it's going to be hard not to make the playoffs i just don't see this team uh competing for a championship to be honest with you i think man this sounds so stereotypical but the running backs man i can't get over the running backs on this roster 
Like I see potentially Malcolm Brown maybe getting a few points a week, maybe Michael Carter, but he also has Tevin Coleman to assure that. You have Miles Gaskin and Melvin Gordon, and Melvin Gordon is not going to see starting the starting position the entire season. Just the Denver Broncos are going to be too bad. They're going to want to see what they have in Javante Williams. So realistically, he's going to be going into the playoffs with Miles Gaskin and throwing a dart to see which of the rest can put up close to 10 points. Who's going to get a touchdown possibly is what he's going to be looking at. But when you have the talent like Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Julio, Metcalf, like I could just keep going. I I do see him being able to put up uh, high points throughout the entire the regular season. It's going to be a very uh, boomer bust type of roster for me. Yeah, I think for me personally, every team from this point on, I think has a you know greater than one percent chance of winning the championship. Like it's not a it's not going to be a miracle if they win. Trent's team definitely again not going to hammer it down. Running backs, he's probably going to have to make a move at some point if he really wants to contend this year. Again, we just mentioned Hunter, and those two make deals all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something happen at that position at some point this year. But he absolutely, in my opinion, has the best receiver quartet in the league. I think Julio Jones is in line for a big year, even if it's on a new team and the the Titans, you know, stereotypical idea that they run the ball nonstop. I think Julio will still be really good. He has Kelsey. He has Brady. I think the defense has high-end players at every position. I'm really curious to see if Hassan Reddick being moved to a defensive end in Carolina scheme, he balled out in Arizona last year, and now is at the linebacker position. So if he can put up similar kind of production at defensive end, that could be a massive advantage for this team on a weekly basis. So I definitely think this team has some upside. Regularly will score 200 points this season. I could see that happening, you know, five, six different times. It'll just come down to how do those running backs, do they sink the ship? We'll have to wait and see. All right, and moving on to our number six roster, we have the Denver Duckies. We'll go ahead and move on to Dan's roster here. So Dan has obviously the uh, the best running back trio in the league, Saquon, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. That is a championship running back trio if I've ever seen one. But the wide receiver position is definitely lacking after he's traded away some of his guys. It's pretty much just Justin Jefferson, and that's it in the receiving core. Tight end is still kind of iffy, but he's got some defensive pieces, definitely. And then quarterback got uh, Russ now in a trade as well. So he's got some pieces, but uh, wide receiver is definitely going to be a struggle for this team compared to uh, some of the others that have wide receivers strengths. So Aaron, we'll go ahead and start you off with the Duckies. What do you think about his team? Dan's team is very, very interesting. I mean, I'm not going to waste any time talking about the running backs. The wide receivers are really where this team boils down to. Uh, two of his receivers came from my team this offseason as I gave him Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas in separate deals. Unfortunately for him, Michael Thomas is going to be out for a significant portion of this year. So if he's out for you know most, if not all, the season, Dan's really going to have to depend on guys like Darnell Mooney and Sterling Shepard and Keelan Cole, these kind of C-tier receivers, to take a step forward or in the latter two cases just take a step up his tight end situation he's got two middling but not great options although i really do think austin hooper could be a post-hype player this year learning that offense coming over to tight ends never easy another team that has a ton of star power performers on defense buda baker is the best safety for fantasy purposes in the league in my opinion he still has cameron jordan and nick bosa and if Michael Thomas can come back this year, I think this would still have to be the favorite to win the Central, but really, I do think that this team has kind of lost its grip on the division a little bit, but that might just be more so due to the other teams kind of you know, taking the sand out of their pockets and you know, losing that dead weight. I think you had, again, I'm not going to beat around the bush. The receivers are definitely what's going to make or break this roster, especially the health of Michael Thomas and how much he's able to play a role in New Orleans offense coming back. Now, again, if Jameis does hang on to the starting gig, we know what he did in Tampa when he was last fantasy relevant. So I do think that, for me, I think this is a team that's going to struggle 
during the regular season in terms of finding consistency. But I do think if they are able to squeak into the playoffs, they're definitely be able to take a game or two away in the playoffs. Like you said, there's quite a few uh, C-tier wide receivers that are going to have have to have quite a year for this team. And same with tight end. He may need to make a move there. But I don't have a lot of hopes for it. The receivers just give me a really bad feeling. But I, I do see them still winning the Central with the Retrievers coming in close second. It's going to be quite the fight. So it's really going to depend how much uh, Hunter wants to sell at deadline, whether he wants to compete for the division or not. We're harping on Dan's wideouts, but he's got a few guys that could really pop. Uh, Deami Brown has the potential to be decent. You never know if he could take a step forward, maybe leapfrog Curtis Samuel as a rookie. Who knows? And then Darnell Mooney's got potential when Justin Fields gets in there inevitably in week two, probably if I had to guess. And then Amon Ross St. Brown's got a huge opportunity out there. But uh, yeah, Dan's got some pieces. We'll just have to see what happens outside of that running back position. We're heading into the top five now. We're going to head to Pine Grove and Grovers. We'll check out Dylan's team here. So obviously got a few stud running backs on the team with Austin Eckler and Zeke. He's got some wide receivers. He traded for Odell Beckham this offseason straight for a first rounder. Still got Darren Waller and Hunter Henry. And obviously it was uh, 2020. He got Justin Herbert in the draft at a good value. So now he's got quarterback locked up for the foreseeable future. Still got some good guys on defense. So we'll go ahead and head with you, Joey. What do you think about the Grovers? For me personally, in my uh, grading this offseason, I actually had the Grovers ranked number one. I just think they have such spread out talent that, and it's not top heavy either. Like you said, they do have Zeke and Eckler, but I do think they also have some really nice pieces with uh, Mike Davis and then Tony Pollard is a really good handcuff running back. I do think Marla Mack could have a role if we do see Justin Taylor. I think he has the handcuffs there. And then at wide receiver, he's he's just always been consistent with after trading for Evans last year. Like you said, trading for Odo Beckham this year. I think he's slowly adding to it and just building that depth. And then with tight end, very few rosters have the depth of Hunter Henry and Aaron Waller. And then on defense, I, I still think he has some very relevant pieces, especially in the secondary between Jamal Adams. He has Justin Reed. He has Justin Simmons. Like I just think overall... This talent or this roster is very well rounded and should be very consistent. Now, again, I don't think he has the high highs that some of the other rosters have, but in terms of setting predictions and expectations, I'm going to lean on the side of consistency. Yeah, the Grover's ranking here at five is really interesting because for me, they were technically they were my fourth place team, but they only came in one point behind a three-way tie in first for me, so he technically came in fourth. I think this team is really solid. Again, Dylan's always had a solid team, and he's made solid moves this offseason. I think a Bilo and Odell Beckham could prove huge this year if he decides to return to his former glory. I think Tony Pollard is a very interesting player at the running back position. I think, unfortunately for Dylan... The defense is where things have kind of slid back compared to seasons past. Corey Littleton hasn't quite worked out in Las Vegas. His linebacking core in general just isn't looking as dominant as it has in the past, although he still has the terrible tackle machine, Blake Martinez. He still has pieces on defense, and I still think this is a team that could very well contend for the championship, but I think he maybe just might be one or two pieces away on that defensive side of the ball to kind of push him over the top. Because at this point, we're kind of splitting hairs between these upper contender teams. Also give a prediction uh, for Dylan here. I'm thinking that Darnell Savage is going to uh, end up being a top 12 defensive back going forward. He popped at the end of last season, and he's looking like he's really figuring out the league. So I think Savage will end up being really good for him. But yeah, I also got uh, I got Justin Herbert as my MVP for this year. So we'll see if that happens for you, Dylan. But I'm rooting for Herbert, so I believe. Coming in at number four. We have Aaron's San Diego Paladins. And I'll just uh, I'll start with a little bit of monologue here, Joey, and then we'll move to you next here. But Aaron uh, had a really quick rebuild. I know you guys uh, remember, obviously, he decided he was going to kind of tank in year one and then uh, just kind of try and rebuild and get back to it here. But he's made some really good picks in the, uh, in the rookie draft so far. He got Damian Harris in year one, got C.D. Lamb last year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is no longer on the team, obviously. but 
He's got some good pieces across the board. Acquiring Josh Allen was a really smart move. I was waiting for uh, him to get a quarterback here for the last year or so. He finally decided to throw in that pick and get an elite quarterback, so he shored up that position. Still got a lot of good running backs, like I mentioned, in the receiving core still deep. Got a uh, surplus at tight end now, obviously, with Kittle and Andrews. One of them is going to be gone in the near future, if I had to guess. But he's uh, he's missing a little bit on defense. That's where the weakness comes in here. But this team's just really solid all around, and I'm expecting a playoff run this year. So, Joey, what do you think? I mean, for me, I had the Paladins ranked second in my power rankings. Like you said, I think they're very well-rounded as well. I think the trade for Josh Allen, all of us have harped on this roster for over a year now to upgrade at quarterback. I don't know how much better of an upgrade you could have gotten than Josh Allen. I, I do think this team's seen a big hit recently at the running back position where they're definitely more towards the lower end of the league in terms of talent. Uh, obviously, they still have Nick Chubb to rely on, but I think they do have a lot riskier of options in Damien Harris, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, and now uh, Tyson Williams will see some carries coming in. And again, I do think that those players I mentioned at the end are going to have some solid weeks moving forward, but I think that's where he's going to lack some consistency as well as some ceiling play. Like you, you can't trust a Patriots running back to be real good just with the committee they always are going to use. Miles Sanders, I think, is one of the most intriguing players going into this season for me. You just know that he's going to lose out on volume. He's going to lose out on catches. But you saw what Lamar Jackson was able to do last season. I can't talk specifically for Gus Edwards in terms of efficiency. I think Miles Sanders is going to see something very similar. So although he will be losing that volume, I do think the efficiency is going to make up for some of that. And then Aaron's always had a very solid wide receiver core. I do think overall this lineup is lacking some star power compared to previous seasons. So I'm not as bullish on them. But overall, I think he's done a good job of addressing his weaknesses. And I do think this is going to be a team going into the trade deadline that's going to be looking to buy a few pieces. So I'm sure Hunter will be hitting up Trent and Aaron to try and trade off. But overall, I would like to see this team's chances moving forward. I'm really high on Damian Harris personally. I think he's going to be a huge boon for Aaron this year, especially with the Cam Newton uh, release going down. I'm looking at uh, Damian Harris could potentially have a season like LeGarrette Blunt did a few years ago where we're talking double-digit, like high double-digit touchdowns in the uh, teens there for him. He's going to have 1,000 yards and at least 10 touchdowns rushing. Dude, book it. Sleeping on Stevenson, bro. This offseason was just super different. Like I don't feel like I've ever seen an offseason quite like this uh, before in any league I've played in. Obviously, the first two years, I was heralded for having all this star talent, and it got me bottom three finishes both years. And so I really wanted to get out from under Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins while I still could at their peak value, or if not their peak, at least close-ish to it. So I just went out. Acquired a couple guys who I think are going to have value for a long time in George Kittle and T. Higgins. I took the flyer on Leonard Fournette as I think he, if we see playoff Lenny, he could be a top 12 running back. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but. That's the hottest take I've ever heard on this he, podcast. He was getting so much work in the playoffs, and if I can get even like 75% of that, at that point, I have a surplus of running backs, and I can still look to make moves. I think. Obviously, I would prefer not to have both Andrews and Kittle, as I'd like to get a receiver or something else. But if I don't get an offer that's really good compensation, then I think that even running both of those, the flex is still pretty solid. I do think my defense could use some work, but I still have a very good trio of linebackers. I still have a couple good defensive ends and safety I think the starting situation is fine, but obviously the depth is non-existent. So I've said for two years that I'm going to try and weather the storm on the defensive side of the ball, and that hasn't really worked. So I'm hopeful that this year, going with this different approach, kind of throwing caution to the wind while still, I still have all my draft picks for next year, if I recall, and I've got some young talent that I can look to move. So I'm not setting my expectations super high. Uh, to be honest, I don't 
necessarily agree with where I finished in my own rankings, which was tied for first. I think I'd more accurately put myself around five or six. But if I make the playoffs, I'll be pretty satisfied because I know that I have room to go on either side of that equation. Hey, uh, I know somebody that might be interested in George Kittle. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, I do have, I think there's been a cameo on almost every pod that we do at the end, if people actually listen through to the end. Like I said, I'm I'm not opposed to moving one of the tight ends, it just has to, considering that I gave up D-Hop for Kittle, I would need something pretty similar, but Andrews, again, I mean, I've already told everyone he's available, Kittle's available for the right price, Um, so if you're interested, it doesn't have to be, you know, this week one, but at some point, look to make a move. Yeah, I won't sit too long on that here because I could talk about that all night. But moving on to number three, the current king of the league, Metropolis Magicians, Devin. The beast mode running back core still rostering Chris Carson, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, and Josh Jacobs. And then the uh, trade for Stephon Diggs last offseason was a league-winning trade, turned out. Of course, he had uh, Diggs had that almost 40-point performance in the championship, pretty much clutching it for him and getting the dub. So Devin's, uh, Devin's got a lot of pieces across the board, obviously. He's just reloading, coming back for another championship. In the quarterback situation, picking up Ryan Tannehill off of waivers in season one ended up being one of the also better moves in free agency we've seen so far, and he's just got pieces across the board. So we'll, uh, we'll start with you for this one, Joey. What do you think about the Magicians? I think this is another roster. Like you said, a lot of returning pieces uh, from last season's championship run. But I'm not as bullish on it again as I was last year. I do think, specifically at the running back position, I'm a little more concerned. I know they were my championship favorite last season, but to make that call this early, I just wouldn't feel as confident. I think Chris Carson, I owned him in a few leagues last year. Just the health concerns really kind of lowered my expectation for him. I do think when he's on the field, he's very efficient. I don't see him playing 16, let alone 17 games this season. So that hurts me a little bit. I think Josh Jacobs, while I do still believe in the talent, I think that Kenyon Drake is going to get worked more into the offense than we'd like, just because I do believe that the Raiders front office is going to have to force their hand that they made a good move with him. But I'm a big, I'm bullish on Antonio Gibson. So if Antonio Gibson and Dalvin could, Cook can carry this running back room. I still think he's in a very good spot. Then at wide receiver, like you said, grabbing Stephon Diggs, probably one of the worst trades I've ever made in my life. But it definitely panned out for Devin. Robbie Anderson was a delight surprise. I I don't think anybody really expected him to go off the way he did last year. And I, with the Panthers re-signing him, I don't see that going anywhere. I don't think any other receiver or McCaffrey on that roster can do anything that Anderson does. So I think... He's definitely going to have another big push for the championship this year. But I do think there's a lot more skepticism as well as holes throughout his roster that he's going to need to address. I think he's taken more of a Dylan approach to where he's just rolling over and believing in what he's done in prior seasons with his moves, which I can't blame him considering he won last year. But I do think this roster is in a spot where he's going to need to be proactive if he wants to repeat. I think, in my opinion, the Magicians are a team that is hurt by attrition. Yes, they won the title last year, but I do think that people objectively looking at the final matchup from last year would have said Cole had the better roster. Uh, Devin just had the better day, and ultimately that's all that really matters. But this team really didn't make any moves to improve upon their roster this year, whereas other teams did reshuffle. They did make moves to put themselves in championship contention. So I feel like Devin's team is still good at almost every position, but I just don't feel like in order to go back-to-back, you have to just get crazy lucky and be crazy good. And I just feel that Stephon Diggs has an incredibly high uh, you know, expectation to repeat those kind of numbers. Will Fuller's on a new team and is already suspended. Uh, Kenny Galladay, that is a nice boon. Devin didn't really have him for much of last year, so maybe he can come in and be a quality wide receiver too. But it's still a very, very good team, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it back to the championship. It's just not my personal favorite roster at this point. 
I have Devin actually graded out on my list as one of the only two rosters. Actually, no, there's three. Three rosters that have a uh, complete 100% score at starting running back. I have that as Devin, Dan, and Joey. 20 out of 20 at running back. So that's going to be the carry for this roster. We'll see how he does in his championship defense in Season 3. And coming in at number 2, we have the Boston Clams. He's made a million trades this offseason. I can't keep track of all of them. We mentioned the uh, Christian McCaffrey trade the other day. Got some star power at wide receiver, getting Tyree Kill and Keenan Allen in this offseason, as well as Bobby Trees. Tight end is lacking a little bit, but he can uh, he can stream off some of these points here. Gusecki can be okay from week to week. We'll see what happens with that. He's got a lot of pass rushing linebackers, but he's uh, he's got a lot of pieces, man. We'll see what happens with Joey's team here. And Kyler, obviously, going to be a top three quarterback again this year, in my humble opinion here. So, Aaron, let's hear it. What do you think about this team? I think this team is the definition of top-heavy. There's almost no depth at the, the skill position uh, pieces. Looking at running back, he does have Cream Hunt in that backup role, but really I feel like Cream Hunt's inherently capped by Nick Chubb being there. Yes, he'll still get touches, but I don't know if it's necessarily starter caliber. Receiver's really where the weak side of this team comes into equation, as he has Tyreek, he has Keenan, and he has Robert Woods, but outside of that, he's going to be depending on guys with lower ceilings, in my opinion, like Darius Slayton and James Crowder. Or he's going to be depending on guys with low floors, like Mike Williams and Tyra Williams. His defense has pretty solid guys at every level, but I don't feel like any of these position groups are necessarily top three to four in any of them. He'll really need some quality performances from guys that we're not expecting it from. Guys like Derek Barnett, Josh Allen need to take a step forward. Devin Bush coming back from injury needs to have a great year. But when you have running backs like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, and Kareem Hunt, with guys like Kyler Murray and the receivers I already mentioned, there's no way that you're not a title contender. It's just going to be a matter of, can he avoid what happened to my team last year, which put me in the bottom three that's just gonna be what it comes down to for this roster it's gonna be a top three scorer per week i'm guessing with that running back and receiving crew like you said barring injury he's gonna put up a ton of points on the offensive side of the ball per week joey what do you think about your roster i i definitely especially before clicking except on the mccaffrey trade weigh the options between having much more of a or less of a top heavy roster especially wide receiver position as well as having some draft capital heading into next season but i felt at the end of the day nobody with a deep roster without that talent is going to win a championship especially with etn going down as well i felt like i would have just ended up inevitably being in the middle pack and that's where i've been trying to avoid this entire time and so if it comes down to the injury odds giving me bad luck then so be it I've put myself in this roster in a position to win. Like you said, it has the upside of being top three scoring a team every single week. And I'm completely fine with that. I'm just going to ride it out. And if I need to make moves after the season, then so be it. But I think for now, I've done what I can to put myself in a position to win. And we'll see how it goes. You got a few dark horse players on the team that are going to be potential uh, top like five at their position, maybe even top one. Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert could be a top five option, maybe even the wide receiver one this year. And then DeAndre Swift, I'm thinking he could just by sheer amount of touches end up being a top five running back. I know that's probably not a very popular take, but he's going to get a ton of catches there. They got nobody to throw to outside of Tyrell Williams. So I'm looking for a big campaign out of him. So this team's looking like they're going to be a playoff lock. So we'll just see what happens. I think the other thing to go on top of just some of the moves I've made throughout the offseason is the value in our league of some players is just super interesting compared to what consensus is across mm. other dynasty leagues. Um, I mean, just specifically, I can think of an example from this last season. I was thinking about moving Juju again when you invest the, I believe it was the 111 in our startup into him. I was kind of emotionally attached, though it was hard to part ways. But I know last season I had asked Dan specifically about him and i believe i was either offered a third round rookie pick or a fourth round rookie pick and so just like something like that is just i think that's what make this this league so unique is that 
draft picks become so much more valuable because they can be any player for anybody. But there's such polarizing opinions of some players throughout the league that moving on from players such as Kenyon Drake, Juju, uh, DJ Chark, it's, I don't think it's going to hurt me just because I think moving them in the long run like could have been ideal, but I don't think it would have worked out. Like In this league, I haven't seen a lot of success in grabbing a player to move them inevitably in the end, Like as with that being your long-term goal. So by acquiring these players that I don't want to move because I want them to win on my roster, I, I feel a lot better about it. And finally, moving on to the team that we have number one in the rankings. It is the Los Angeles Wildfire. Yes, that is me. All right, I'll let one of you guys go ahead and explain my roster first. Joey, why don't you start us off? Because I'm not going to give any analysis till the end. Go ahead. Probably smart, but for me, I think this was probably the one of the lowest scores I've given the Wildfire throughout the past few years. And I say that while they're still in my top five. They came in at fifth exactly. I think that overall, again, similar to the Paladins, this team kind of just lost some star power. Um, that is specifically at the wide receiver position. I know you're looking to branch out, get younger, acquire more depth. But again, from personally, I don't believe that depth is going to win anybody a championship in this league. But I do think the players that you have grabbed in, on top of being so young, I think do have such a high upside in Jamar Chase. Brian Edwards, Deontay Johnson, if he ever learns to catch the ball. Obviously, you have Scary Terry. I love DJ Moore. I love Elijah Moore. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a big sleeper that I'm a fan of. So if you want to trade him my way, just let me know. And then Adam Thielen's just going to be a nice, consistent week-to-week for you. Um, I do Obviously, losing Cam Akers is, I think, what put the nail in the coffin for your championship run. I, I do have to bring it up. I know Aaron was ready to jump on it as well. But the having a core of Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and Cam Akers, and losing one of those three, and I don't think you have much behind it, just it, it really hurts in terms of having that star power to go for the championship. And again, at the tight end position, I think you and I have very similar tight end rooms where we have players that could put up consistent numbers, um, like, uh, Dallas Goddard, Mike Jasicki, I think they could be similar as well as Thomas. But I just, I'm definitely lower on this, but I think the overall, overall well rounded roster definitely goes to this, especially on defense. I think this is one of the highest rated defensive rosters I've had. It's super interesting. I mean, I feel like I said that several times, but you had the team that was on top. And you retooled, yet I don't feel like you necessarily got any worse. Obviously, losing Cam Akers for the year really sucks, and that leaves you too deep at running back. I don't expect anything from Le'Veon Bell. I'm sorry to break it to you. I he was, my, he, he was my favorite running back at one point in time, but that time was four years ago. Five at this point. Anyway, super young receiving cord that I think has you set up for success for several years to come. Obviously, they are still going to be really good this year. Jamar Chase, I think the the hate is a little overblown. I think preseason in general is overrated. I wouldn't worry about him at all. I think tight end's a weakness. I mean, I know that you've been calling about George Kittle and Damian Harris a million times, but really, Logan Thomas could be serviceable, as could Dallas Goddard. But if we're talking about championship contenders, you do kind of have to nitpick the roster. And I think that's a weak spot. And then just, I guess the defense isn't quite as dominant as I felt it was last year. I mean, it's kind of similar to what I said to Ryan. Obviously, you still have a ridiculous top three linebacker and defensive end or defensive backs. Your defensive ends are two top tier guys in Brian Burns and Daniel Hunter. You still have competent players in Montez Sweat and JPP. Maybe I'm underrating them a little bit, but I just don't feel like they're at the same level as the guys that other people have. But again, that's kind of semantics when we're talking about seven or eight out of nine dominant defensive starters. This roster is still really good, pretty much across the board, and should still be the favorite for the title. They did come, again, they were a three-way tie for first for me, but 
I would say this is the the best team of the bunch. Yeah, I was thinking the defense actually looks better, at least from my perspective here, because I'm adding Daniel Hunter and adding uh, Derwin James, essentially. I'm swapping out, uh, what was it, Demario Davis for uh, Bobby Wagner. Well, so. That's why you're going to lose. You lost Davis. Shoot, dude. I've been trying to get rid of him for years. But no, nah, um, I've had a bit of a buyer's remorse uh, with getting rid of Tyreek Hill and uh, Calvin Ridley and getting these other guys in here, but it does help long-term. And I was super high on Deontay Johnson, so it was nice to finally get him on the roster. But yeah, you guys are uh, speaking about Cam Akers. I thought that he was like the uh, the key 100% to getting me a championship. Like if I had Cam Akers here, barring uh, no injury, like I feel like I would have been really high and thinking I was going to get the championship 100%. But that's a little bit uh, less certain at this point. But I'm still high on Akers long-term, and I think he's young enough that he can produce but we'll see what happens uh i'm really excited to get derwin james back though i think he can have another really really high-end idp season and of course uh young waiku shout out to nick for dropping him last year i'm I'm loving the roster uh i'm a little bit more nervous than i was last year but we're getting the return of lamar to mvp for him this year he's not going to get covid during regular season hopefully so I'm high on the team and i'm ready to get going with the season so you guys have uh, any more thoughts on anybody's team before we get out of here no, I think just uh, it's glad to be finally here. The like I said, it felt like a very long off season compared to last year, where I felt like there was constantly stuff going on. Maybe that was just because it was the pandemic. I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing how things shake out this year. I really think this is going to be the 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 year with the most parity. Like I said, I really only feel like those bottom two teams are out of it completely. Everyone else, I can see making the playoffs, and then again, once you're in the playoffs, you only have to win three games you make that sound so easy for a guy who can barely win three games a season oh my goodness the toxicity for no reason no i think that's what i've missed the most it's just the week-to-week trash talk i think we gotta we gotta inspire that this season a little bit more especially now that i'm less of a rebuilding team so let's see who do i got week one who do i got week one i gotta give a shout out i got trent week one oh yeah let's go you know what it's time for bed. That's going to be easy. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, we're uh, we're excited to get this thing going. Season's going to start in a few days. We'll see you out there, and good luck to you guys in the season. So thanks for stopping by on the pod once again, and have a good night. Good night and go Hawkeyes. <laughs>